In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Boricua. But Boricua is more than a name for a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure no matter where it may lead, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. And you can experience all that warm, welcoming, passionate culture set in a tropical island paradise without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens or permanent residents. Learn more about how you can live Barigua at discoverpuertorico.com. In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Barigua. But Barigua is more than just a word to identify a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. In Puerto Rico, you can experience a tropical paradise with world-class beaches. You can immerse yourself in the rich 500-year history of Old San Juan, where there are stunning forts, classic town plazas, and iconic monuments. You can indulge in a foodie paradise with renowned restaurants, seaside kiosks, and an innovative cocktail scene. And you can take in an abundance of natural wonders like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. National Forest System, all without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more about the warm culture of Puerto Rico and how you can live Boricua at discoverpuertorico.com. Hi, and welcome to Travel Tales, a podcast from Afar Media. I'm your host, Deputy Editor Aislinn Green. I don't know about you, but I am finally beginning to dip my toes back into the travel waters. For example, I recently took my first flight in nearly two years, which took me to Alaska. Getting back out in the world, it really just makes me want to travel more. So, lucky for us, the creative folks I've worked with over the past seven years, comedians, philosophers, novelists, they feel the same way. So each week on Travel Tales, we'll hear from one of our favorite contributors about a trip that changed their life. Ready? Let's go. In this episode, we meet Abdi Noor Iftin. You may have heard of Abdi, who shared his long, brave, and heart-wrenching story of immigrating to the United States from Somalia in a 2019 TED Talk. He's also written a memoir, Call Me American, which came out in 2018. Given the violence he witnessed in Somalia, it's no surprise that Abdi was diagnosed with PTSD when he arrived in America. But, as we'll soon hear, Abdi sought out a very special kind of therapy. I live on an old farmhouse built in the 17th century in the countryside of Maine. And my favorite part about it is this walk that I do every day on the property. But right now, it's the spring. The flowers are up, the grass is up, everything's green. It's kind of dense forest over here. I walk by a pond and see an emerging new generation of wildlife. The geese have their eggs hatching. The ducks are also sitting on their eggs. The little turtles are pumping up the water. The robins are building their nests. I wave them goodbye and proceed to do my walk towards the river and into an open area by the dock. What I do is sit by the river and watch the water flow, watch the activities of the fish and the birds coming in, getting their breakfast in the area, and the noise that's happening all around me. 
I refresh my mind and remind myself of who I am, of the present moment, I connect to myself. Take a deep breath and then breathe out. Take a deep breath and then breathe out. While at the moment listening to this, to the sounds that are coming in from everywhere, particularly the birds. You know, I'm not sure how far the birds have migrated, but I feel sitting with them. They're connected to my own story. Birds travel more than we do. You know, when it gets colder in the fall and winter in Maine, these birds basically migrate to Florida, maybe sometimes even to Latin America. And some of them have probably traveled as far as Africa. That's amazing. So I appreciate that. And that's where the satellite connection to me begins. I wasn't born here. I come from a completely different background. I grew up in a desert in Somalia, surrounded by coconut trees and neem trees. It's hot and humid. Things don't change. Whereas here, they do. Everything comes back to life. The flowers bloom, the horses shed their winter hair. Everything that was hibernating is just coming back to life. It makes me appreciate how far I've really come. I lived in Somalia for 25 years until the day came that I actually had to jump on my furthest ever journey, leaving Somalia. That was a pretty difficult decision. However, it was worth it because I think if I stayed behind by now, it would either be two ways. One, that I wouldn't be alive. Armed clan rivalries flattened cities to the ground, making my city a ghost town. I could die any day, any moment. Or it could be that I would be a member of a local gang. So I decided to go for whatever else was out there unavailable, which was to leave Somalia. In April 2008, I was doing guerrilla journalism in Somalia, dispatching audio diaries of miseries around me. An American family I met through these diaries fundraised a few hundred dollars for me to catch a flight and leave. These Americans would come together soon and carry the title Team Abdi to support me in my quest to leave Somalia. Team Abdi included a family in Yarmouth, Maine, Sharon, her husband Gib, their daughter Natalia, and their son Morgan. In March 2011, I flew into Uganda, then smuggled into Kenya to live with my brother and become a registered refugee. What does that even mean? Well, that means that you're recognized as a refugee who can't go back to his country because of existing circumstances. And because of those documents, I could at least be in Kenya, but only temporarily. So I knew my migration was not over. I went ahead and applied for the U.S. visa lottery program. In the early 90s, anybody from any country in the world could put their names in and see if they were selected to gain entry into the United States. In Somalia, not many people have actually even thought of the lottery program. I was one of a very few people who had the chance to go ahead and apply. It was a long and anxious process. But in July 2014, I found out that I got it. That same year, I left Kenya and said goodbye to my brother. And then it was a brand new journey to America. I knew the challenge that would be coming, including cultural misunderstanding and language barrier. So I prepared myself ahead of time with the thought, if I don't understand anything, I have to learn. 
So maybe the physical journey ended when I arrived in the United States. But the psychological journey began right at that moment I landed. I flew into Logan Airport in Boston. I was going to leave with Sharon and our family. They were part of Team Opti in Yarmouth, Maine. They gave me a ride all the way to their house where I would leave. On the first night, I remember laying in bed, looking at the ceiling all night, and I could not sleep. I couldn't sleep because I was so curious what America would look like during the day. And because I landed at night, I couldn't see everything, and Maine is such a remote place. There aren't many streetlights. So my eyes were wide awake when the sun was slowly rising. It was fall at the time, so the trees were changing colors and the leaves were not completely gone yet. I mean, it was so beautiful. Early in the morning, I stepped out of the door, and I saw the old farmhouse clearly for the first time. I saw a barn that has two horses and 24 chickens out there. I saw a bunch of turkey crossing from one side of the street to the other side next to a deer crossing sign. Then I saw the deer behind it, staring back at me. I was really amazed. I was like, well, where is America? I mean, where are the people? Where's the subway? Where are the buses? Later I was told, welcome to Maine. It's remote, less crowded place. It's a huge state with a little over a million people. I've lived here for six years and got comfortable, started to feel more at home here. I learned some lessons. American lesson number one, buckle up. Lesson number two, memorize the address where you live in case the police starts questioning you. Lesson number three, meet your neighbors so they don't think you are an intruder into their town. On and on and on. I was also diagnosed with PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder. For me, trauma gets worse when I'm surrounded by walls. That's how I find it. I can't really be sitting inside that long. When it gets bad, I have vivid memories of bad events in the past. My heart's beating faster, I start shaking, and a cold is going through my body. So when the pandemic hit, it was really difficult. With COVID, you had to stay indoors. One day a year or two ago, during the pandemic, I walked down to the dock by the river. I remember sitting there for probably a couple hours and did not bring my cell phone because that's quite a distraction, right? Because you're taking pictures of everything. I watched the water moving and sat there absorbing the environment, the surroundings. And I was like, wow, I could sit here for the rest of my life. That's what I thought. And that was the moment I realized it's truly, truly an amazing connection. Being outside, it's free therapy. Nobody's judging me for it. So why don't I spend more time standing by the tree, by the river, and understand that I'm completely surrounded by emptiness, air, warmth, and beauty. One of the blessings of living in Maine is that all the amazing things nature offers is only 10 minutes drive from where I live. I have so many opportunities to go outside and get that free therapy. The river is right in my backyard. The lake is just a short drive. 
Bradbury Mountain, which gives a panoramic view of Maine, it's only a 7 minutes drive away. The ocean is only 15 minutes away. In the wintertime, I cross-country ski through the woods into the frozen lakes. And in the fall, I climb up bigger mountains of Maine, such as Acadia National Park and Katahdin. Maine's community of color usually live in overcrowded cities such as Lewiston and Portland. The outdoor activities are dominated by the white dominant community. So sometimes Mainers who meet me during my ski trips think I'm actually from New York or Massachusetts. And then the question, where are you from? I still say I'm from Somalia. Then and now, I'm from Maine. They say what doesn't kill you really makes you stronger. You probably know the story of the fire in the forest. You know, when a fire goes through the forest, it's good for the forest. It just comes back fresh and stronger. And that's the way I see my life. It's like a rebirth. Now I start my mornings off with a kind of meditation. The first thing I do is wake up and make some coffee before I even try to have anything to eat. I walk up behind where I live. Then I walk down to the dock, and I pay attention to the breath that I'm taking. Exhaling, and inhaling. Knowing myself that I'm right here, and my eyes can see, and I can hear, and I can breathe. That was Abdi Noor Iftin. Abdi still lives in that same farmhouse in Maine, and he still meditates near the river each day. As the world begins to open back up, Abdi says he's dreaming of retracing the steps he took to get to America. Someday, he says, he'd like to return to Kenya, and even to Somalia. You can learn more about Abdi's story at callmeamerican.com. Ready for more travel stories? Visit us online at afar.com slash travel tales. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Afar Media. If you enjoyed today's adventure, we hope you'll come back next week for more great stories. Subscribing makes this easy. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And please be sure to rate and review us. It helps other travelers find the show. This has been Travel Tales, a production of Afar Media and Boom Integrated. Our podcast is produced by Aislinn Green, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. Post-production was by John Marshall Media staff, Jen Grossman, and Clint Rhodes. Music composition by Alan Kresha. And a special thanks to Laura Redman, Irene Wang, Angela Johnston, and Nina Gainsler-Debs. I'm Aislinn Green, your semi-impatient travel-ready host. I can't wait to hit the road again and again. As we begin to explore the world once more, remember that travel begins the moment we walk out our front door. Everyone has a travel tale. What's yours?